We're changing the world. One, One fight, fight at a time. time. Yeah. Welcome to The Honesty Policy, Episode 3. I'm Patrick. And I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast about honest things. Whatever we are obsessed with, you will get our honest thoughts. And today, we're talking about fighting. Woohoo! So like WWE, no. uh, off the top rope? No, no, actually, I don't know much of what that is. Oh, you know, I've got thoughts about that. Though. I know, so don't, we're not going down that road. It, because it, the That could be a later... Mm. The Undertaker and the Ultimate Warrior. That's not what I wanted us to get into today. The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Got put in a casket. Yeah, and I know. they cut away. It's some. You know, we should leave the listeners wanting more. And if you put this little, this little tease right here, yeah. then they're gonna contact Patrick. If those of you who have his cell phone number, you can ask him for more yeah. information. Yeah, yeah, it was traumatic. So not how's the ultimate warrior gonna get out of the I casket, know. love? I know how. Who listeners are. Are sitting on the edge of their seats, wanting to know. Eight-year-old me was too. I tell you that. I bet eight-year-old you was. Okay, we're losing it here. Okay. So we're going to talk about fighting, not WW, whatever the number letters, whatever that was. Okay, we're not going to talk about that fighting. Got it. We're going to talk about us fighting. Now, why are we talking about us fighting? That's well, funny that you ask, because it, it wouldn't be an, a, po- a podcast about honest things if we didn't tell the truth that we had a little bit of a fight about what we were going to do the next episode of our podcast on. And we figured this would actually be a good conversation. There are many couples who, or or families, that don't talk about the downside of being in relationship together. They don't talk about when you have disagreements or how you fight. And so we thought... Okay, let's do it. Are you familiar with the uh, the hedgehog dilemma? Like to get a hedgehog or not to get a hedgehog? Because that would be a dilemma because they're really cute. But the problem is we now know that you have to have like, they're nocturnal, so they only are up, playful, and cute at nighttime. Yeah. We know this because a friend of ours had, was it a hedgehog? It was a hedgehog, yes. Wasn't it a hedgehog? Yeah, it was a hedgehog. Rue? Yeah. It was, so... Is that the dile- d- dilemma that you're talking about? Uh, about whether to get one or not <laughs> yeah, get one? Yes, that's what, yeah, is that the one you're talking about? No, that's... <laughs> as, even though that would make sense in the context of what we were talking yes. about, uh, whether we should buy a hedgehog or not. No, uh, so... Hed- and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so uh, the hedgehog dilemma is that um, when you have two hedgehogs that are together, in order to stay warm, they get closer together. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, the closer together you get, the more likely my little quills quills are going to poke into you, and the more likely yours are going to kind of poke into me. So the dilemma is, how close can you get so that you are sharing the warmth and sharing the connection, but... Also, so that you don't get so close that all you notice is what's dis- what's disturbing me by you poking, poking, poking. So they talk about it as a hedgehog dilemma in terms of how do you make sense of the closest relationships in your life so that you can stay connected with them, the warmth and it can be there, but you don't focus solely on all of their quills poking into you. Who came up with this dilemma? Oh, I don't know. It's like a thing. It's, it's a, like I a can, thing. Here, I can look it up if you want me to. But it's a Fred Hedgehog. No, that's <laughs> not. Uh, Arthur Schopenhauer. Interesting. I've never heard that before. The uh, German philosopher Arthur. Sch- no, I don't have to explain that to you. But the German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer. So. When I was growing up, if you, I had friends that would talk about their parents fighting, and some of them would be loud fighters. Um, I had a, a friend, uh, her name was Ashley, and for the sake of this podcast, I'll keep her last name out of it. Um, in fact, I don't remember her last name. Um, so that's safe. She's safe. <laughs> Shout out to Ashley. Um, but 
her parents, if I would go over there and hang out or spend the night, her parents were loud arguers and they yelled. And I remember sitting, I was, I was spending the night one night and I remember asking, oh my gosh, are your parents going to get a divorce? Because I grew up in a house that my parents didn't yell. I know my parents fought, but the word fighting has so many different meanings and understandings. I thought if you raised your voice, it was to the detrimental level. Like, you know, like if you had the green, then yellow, then red explosive, if you were using your upper loud voice, then it was really bad. And I remember going home and talking to my mom and dad about my friend's parents arguing and my parents saying, no, people argue in all different ways. There are some who are loud and yellers, but it's, it's not as deep as, it's not in that level of what you think it is. And I remember that being kind of like, whoa, are you, do you know what you're talking about, mom and dad? Like that was pretty intense. But now as an adult, hearing and seeing how you and I fight and understanding that there is differences in fighting, I find not fascinating, but interesting that I still go to, if we were to, if you raise your voice, even if you're just, you're not even yelling, but you raise your voice, my brain goes, <gasps> it's a thing. Okay, this is a serious thing. Danger, danger. When it's not a serious thing. Yeah. My my parents weren't fighters, uh, yellers, when they mm-hmm. fought. My... my the clearest recollection I have of them fighting is having to go somewhere with dad after they had had some sort of fight and he would drive so fast. Like I, you, you know, even as a completely oblivious kid, you're like, okay, all right, I need to like, hang on. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> holding on and, and I'm not going to say anything cause I, I don't, know what to say that's going to make anything better here but i remember that feeling of just holding on and being like okay all right this is cool this is fine and of course it was never you know it it feels so much worse as a kid it was never uh unsafe but it was just like okay all right this is not normal uh so um and uh, I'm so glad our kids are not on this podcast to say what we do when. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should talk about some of those things. Like, sure. For us, Patrick and I, both being ministers, we went to premarital counseling before we got married. And we chose to go to someone that was not another pastor, but that was a Christian counselor. And I was sort of surprised when we first went because one of the things she wanted to talk to us and teach us about was how to disagree or how to fight. And I, in my naive state of love, was that she was going to teach us more about how to be (laughs) lovey-dovey, which sounds really stupid now when I say it. But what a practical lesson for us and that we have retained and called back to so many times was she taught us who we are in a fight and then how to navigate that world. And I don't know if she thought we were going to have a rocky marriage in teaching us that, or if she really was hold, a wise... Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> or if she really was wise to go, no, it's obviously going to hit in your marriage. You're going to have ups and downs. How do you navigate the downs side? Uh, so we thought we would unpack for you guys some of our premarital counseling and some of the pieces that, not that we are ever experts in this but that it has been a lifeline for us in how we understand one another and how we grow in our relationship and we want to be able to talk about that honestly with you guys so in premarital counseling uh we were introduced to the oh gosh now i just blanked on the the mirroring no what was the actual name of the counseling the Imago therapy. That's it. That's yep. what it was. Um, so it's called Imago therapy. And it was sort of the science of brain and how our brain is wired or how it navigates relationships. And one of the biggest tools that they gave us was, was Patrick already mentioned it, mirroring. And one of the biggest pieces was being present in the conversation. Yes. And in that conversation, whether it's a fight or not, was to be present because 
I'm sure anybody who's listening to this, as we are talking to you, your brain is listening, but also multitasking and doing other things. You may be cleaning, you may be doing the dishes, you may be watching kids, you may be driving to work, whatever you're... Out on a run. Or you're out on a run. Whatever you're doing, we know to multitask. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that she talked about in our marriage premarital counseling was being present in every conversation as best you can. And how do you do that is in mirroring. So the way that mirroring would work is that you sit and it's best to sit and make eye contact with the person. Which sometimes feels very awkward and weird, but... Yes, it is a... In some ways, especially at the start of you trying to really practice this it feels like you're wearing your you know your parents clothes or something like you're you're yeah this is it's clunky and this it is clunky weird. and weird and wrong but you sit where you can have body language that's making eye contact and one person shares whatever they want to share yeah whatever you're processing right whatever that. you're processing the other person's job is not to interrupt to not sort of jump in to not you know we oh are you saying these things blah 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 not to do that and, like I just did. Well, you're modeling, and I appreciate that. Uh, and so one of the one of the things that and and it's it's hard. Oh my gosh, yes. It is incredibly hard, and to not think what you're going to say in reaction to just listen. So you, uh, which I'm going to interrupt oh my here. Goodness I'm gonna, gracious, are you I'm serious? Gonna, I'm going like, to. Here because this is so you and I. This is you are such a thoughtful conversationalist. You participate and you wait, and I jump in and interrupt all the time, which you will see on this podcast. I'm gonna be doing all the time. So I I wanted to purposely pause and jump in there because this is so not what you're supposed to do in mirroring. One of my favorite premarital counseling memories was Maria, who was our counselor, <laughs> continuing to go, okay, Sarah, those are those may be great thoughts. Those for, are great thoughts. But right Sarah. now, right now your job is to listen. It's not your turn. It's Patrick's turn. And and Sarah was never uh, sort of combative about that. She was like, oh, no, you're right. You're right. 100%. Okay. Not talking. Starting now. <laughs> I'm doing a great job not talking. Do you see how great I'm doing? If our parents, if my parents listen to this, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's so Sarah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you see what a great job I did not talking? So uh, you you let the person share who is sharing and they are allowed to share whatever they want to share. When they get done talking, your job as the listener is to repeat back what you what you heard. So you frame it in terms of not, okay, first you said, and then you said, that's not what you do. You go, okay, what I heard you say was, you don't like it when I don't do the laundry. You do this and do this and do this. And then there is a magical question. It is a magical question. And the first time that Maria mentioned the magical question, Sarah and I both, without making eye contact, almost at the same time said, what? Yeah, like, because she told us, okay, you're going to turn your... And she had these, like, Barnes & Noble chairs, comfortable yes, chairs. Yes, And we were se- seated side by side, where we could kind of hold hands over the arms of the chair. Because we're in premarital counseling. How much in love we're, we are. We're happy together. And then she instructed us to get up and move our chairs so that they were facing one another, where you would be facing if you had, like, a coffee table in between you. But your knees, our knees were touching in this space. And... Already you're feeling uncomfortable. And she's sitting off to the side, almost in between us, but to the side. And she tells us that. And she, we're like, what? So, because you get done saying, and the question that you ask, when you get done repeating back, I heard this, what I heard you say was this, what I heard you say with this. And then you pause and you go, is there more? And when she said, okay, that's what you say. You say, is there more? And I remember... she paused us and she said, okay, let's try it. Let's just try this exercise. And I remember thinking, this is the dumbest... I can't believe we're... We are paying money. (laughs) We are paying real, honest... This is the counseling that we came for. Real, honest American dollars are being paid for you to have me ask this question. Okay. All right. So sure enough... We uh, talked at it. She was like, picked we, out. T- it wasn't a. It wasn't a, an intentional fight. It was no. just a conversation. Yes. We were pausing it to go through this. Yes, and so we let Sarah uh, be the one who's talking, 
And because she'd been <laughs> really good up to that I'm point. Because I'm naturally good at talking. She'd been really good up to that point listening. So it was her turn to talk. So <laughs> she talked, 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 talked. I did the best that I could. And when you know, the, you know, I, not for nothing, when you know that you're going to have to repeat back it's what hard. the other yeah. person says, yeah. you find a new level of listening that you didn't know you, because you would have said, no, I'm listening to you. And then then you're like, there's going to be a test at the end. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, crud. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 How am okay. I? All right. Really look at, and okay. you would, you're, you're scary to do it with because you intensely look at the person, like you are watching my eyes and my face and it's almost like, oh gosh, this is uncomfortable. Okay. I'm, no, why? Stop looking at me. Like. I'm going to take uh, every okay, bit don't, in. Don't make eye contact. And. When we, if you remember in that counseling session, I instantly was teary. And we're talking about something that's not a fight, no. nothing intense. But I was emotional in the very beginning. And I thought as a counselor, she'd be like, okay, why is there emotion here? Blah, blah, blah. Nope. She waited till I... And you were such a good student. I'm not a good student. You're a good student. And you said... Is there more? Because I would say all these things uh, that you would You'd repeat said, back to me. You're a then, great listener. And then I said, is there more? And I sobbed. I sobbed. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I yeah. was like, <laughs> oh, my God, oh my goodness. And it was this, to have been heard. Not so only why, did you, why did you sob? I sobbed because, one, you really were listening. I mean, it's... Silly as that sounds, you listen to the things that I said, and nowhere in that was there critiques of the things that I said. You just listened to me speak. And then you gave me room to continue. Like, the, is there more? Is there more? Do we need to go down another level? That's the magic. And, and That's you gave the magic me, of that question. You gave me permission to do that. And I would have said going in that we didn't really need premarital counseling because we were amazing. We're I both. Mean, hello. We both. It, which is weird. I, I had done premarital counseling for a couple couples in Washington State as when I was an associate pastor there. I was a single person, which I we all laughed about me going into it, but I did premarital counseling for couples. So to be in there, we walked in thinking there's not a lot that she's going to be able to teach us here. <laughs> I mean, we're walking in our short self and we leave sobbing like, oh my gosh, that was the best counseling ever. We're going to use this. I just year. love you so much. <laughs> and I'm so happy to marry you. It was so. But the, the is there more, what it does and, and to, to frame back what Sarah revealed on that is that it opens up that you aren't jumping into okay you've taken a breath now it's my turn and my point and the and I am wrestling the microphone back from yes. you it yeah. is now about me when i ask you is there more what i am doing is saying nope it is still yours the space is still yours and there is freedom for you to share more of what you want now i remember being so skeptical cuz maria yeah. would say you ask is there more and i say okay and, and if there is, when she gets done, what do I do then? And Maria, obviously, is not her first rodeo with this. Yes. She's like, then you ask, is there more? It's like, nope, already asked that. There's not going to be yeah. any more after this. And she's like, you may be surprised. You yes. keep asking, is there more? And I said, how long are we going to be doing this? Because, I mean, like, I love her and all, but, like. <laughs> I got a cap on my, my, I, like, my listening I skills mean, here. you know, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> and, she, and she didn't find me as uh, amusing yeah. and it's funny. I as, thought you were amazing and very funny. I know, but you know, but she not didn't. all, not everyone can be as perfect as we are. I sure, guess so. Sure. The uh, but the idea of you know you keep going and you keep asking, is there more? And and Maria, I said you just keep going, and she said yeah, because there is going to be a magical moment when when she pointing to Sarah goes no, and I was like okay. That feels hurtful to say magical moment. Have you like, met Sarah? First of all, she's got some talker chopper. I was like, that, so so we did. We Is there more? And you sobbed and you shared more. And so I shared back to you mm-hmm. what I heard you saying. And then I asked, is there more? And I did. I had more to and share you went, after the crying. And you went... Yeah. Actually, yeah. And this so is... you shared again. And I then responded with what I heard. And I asked, is there more? 
And it was sort of quiet. And you... And I could say, no, I, I feel like that's it. And what happened when you said that? I really felt like I had gotten to the to the end of all the things I was feeling, like to the depth. We had done it twice. And, and, and when they, I think when, the, when you ask the person, is there more, you automatically take a step to the next level. Like the, with the understanding that the first time when they share all these things with you, that's sort of the beginning level. And then ask in repeating and then asking, is there more? And if they say there is more, then you go to the next level down. And when you reach that, no, I, I don't have more to share We've hit all the spots. I mean, like, you have really emptied the storehouse of my thoughts and feelings on whatever that yeah. thing was. There, I, For me, at least, I think for you too, but tell me if your experience is different. That moment where the person asks, is there more? And you're able to say, no, I think that's it. There is a, there's a catharsis almost. Like, there is yeah, this moment yeah. of... Like there's a breath. Even yeah. if you haven't solved the issue, there okay. is this because we've not solved anything. You're just listening, and I'm sharing. Like there's yeah. not even a solving in this process, in this equation. Right. We're just getting all of it out there. So in getting it all out there, and me being able to say, no, I, I think that's it. There is this catharsis, this freedom, this feeling that is are really uh, surprising. And, yes, you know, yeah. and that was, Maria said, it's a, it's a magical, it's a magical moment when you get there. And it wasn't until I did it that I went, oh, that feels really empowering. Yes. And, um, yeah. you know, one of, one of the things we talk about all the time, we talk about it in terms of church work, but it's, um, it's in terms of everywhere. It's just people work is um, people go where they are seen and heard. And in that moment where you are doing that work and you are you are intentionally keeping the boundaries because it's not as if you don't have feelings about what the other person has shared, right. you know, but it is not space right now for me to tell you, look, yeah, of course I didn't do the laundry because blah, 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 blah. Like you, you save all that stuff up and you're doing this and you feel seen and heard. And so now the rest of the conversations are built off of this win, built off of this foundation of, yeah. So now you flip it, yeah. and and now you are in a positive place. You don't, you're not shooting daggers at me. You're not no, angry I've, at me. No, I've said my piece. I've said I've said all the levels of what I'm feeling. Yeah. And then I ask you. And I can share all the things I need to share. And I need to be listening and making eye contact and right. catching it all. And right. then I, when you are done at least in that first level, I repeat back to you all of what I heard right. you say. Yep. And then I ask, is there more? Yeah. And it's, it is a, that, um, we, we, you know, so how long, 15 years now? Like it's yeah, going to be, this was, it's going to be 15. Is that one, how long have we been married? Oh my gosh. Carry the one. <laughs> uh, yeah. We this, were married in 2008. In August, it'll be 15. So yes, this was 15 years of So we've we've done 15 years of this, this method. This method and practice. We don't have to move our chairs. Yeah, we don't Well, you know, honestly, most of our deep conversations end up being in our bedroom. We had when when our after our kids go to bed in the evening is most of the time when Patrick and I can process through our day. And we have found that we'll sit on the bed, we have a king-size bed and one of us will turn to so you're not sitting side by side at the head of the bed. One like, of us will turn to, to like, the end of the your, bed. Crane your neck. To, yeah. yeah. So one will turn and face the other and we have a conversation. And it, it's not as formal as what Maria presented when we're having normal day to day. But a lot of times one will do the talking. The other will kind of com- con- communicate back. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So what I'm hearing you're saying is you were really overwhelmed by blah, blah, blah. Or you're stressing about this and you'll kind of repeat some of those things and you know is there more and even honestly the repeating back doesn't happen as much as the is there more stuff but it has always been helpful for us to continue to do this method in all of our conversations and in our fighting yes one of the other pieces that we learned in imago therapy that we have found is truly helpful within conversations and in fighting is the idea of 
your brain has two abilities, really, when it comes to an argument. It can listen or it can defend. And we all think we are great at multitasking, we can do lots of things. But she talked about in Imago Therapy, it revealed that our brain, once it is triggered to go into the defend mode, if you're having an argument and the person is accusing you of something, your brain snaps between listening to the things that they are telling you and it switches to the other side of the brain and it goes on defense. And it cannot process new information the listening side because it is now in the defense side. What I found really interesting about this was, and she had all the names for it, yeah. the like, you know, that. 10th grade biology. Yeah. You know, here's, blah, your, blah, blah. here's your brain. Uh, the, it is two different sections of your brain. So the blood moves from one section to the other. The, the attention and the focus goes from one section to the other. So it is not a moral failure when you get defensive and can no longer listen, right. it is just no. biology. Yes, your brain is now fight or flight. It is it is defending itself versus what is perceived as a threat, and so to expect somebody to be able to be present and listen when you are feeling defensive. It is just a biological... Imp- it's not scientifically possible. Yeah. It's a for their brain. Biological impossibility. And that is a... That's a really... Uh, it's the exact kind of weird fact that I love. Like, that's right up my alley. But it is also such a helpful and uh, freeing thing. And we will have moments where, even now, where we'll go, yeah. okay... We are both defensive on this. Yeah. This is not... We're not a, getting anywhere. This, So we need to pause. Like this is, yeah. you know, some of that, like, I don't want to go to bed. Uh, angry. Angry. Like, we'll work it out before <clears throat> we go to bed. Like, I, God bless you if that's you. But there are times where it's like, I love you. Good night. I love you too. Good, Good night. night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then in the morning, it's like, hi, hi, hi. You needed, we needed a debriefer time to just yeah. to chill. And I, for us, we are not... Yellers, we do not. Patrick and I really don't raise our voice, and par, it partly for, for because we're doing it in our bedroom after the kids have gone to bed. <laughs> so we don't want to traumatize them or be yelling or waking them up. We had yeah. young children at one point; they're not young anymore. But but that's a different episode. It's a whole different episode. But so we're not yellers, but neither are our personalities. And you, being an introvert, pull it all in. And I'm an extrovert and feel all outside of myself. But because we've been married for almost 15 years, we know, I, we can see in the other person when that person is shutting it down. Yeah. And they're no longer listening and they're in the defensive mode. Yeah. That Maria advised us to be aware of the other person. So this that tool that you learned in the conversation part where you're actually listening to the other person and making eye contact was not only to be able to do that action and that equation, but also was just to get into the habit of listening and watching for the other person. And if I'm watching you and I can see you now go into the defensive, I can I should be smart enough to know He's not going to be listening to anything I say. Even if I have really good points in this argument, blah, 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 you cannot process it because all you are doing is defending. And that is a that scientific fact is very helpful in that oh, moment yes. because it's very hard not to go, and it's just like you not to listen <laughs> right to, to me. me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, but, but when it is the scientific fact that is sort of a, a non-starter, yeah. then we go, okay... If this is the reality, if water is wet, if gravity works like this, if this is what our brains do, then how do we communicate in such a way that instead of fighting against that, instead of continuing to try and just beat our head against the wall here and go, no, you will listen yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we choose to. It forces you to change your conversation to now get you off the defensive. I need to bring you back to the listening side. Okay. So I need to get to where you're not in defensive, which means all the things I've been saying have put you in a defensive mode. Right. So I need to, one, probably apologize for something I've said. I also need to stop the action that I'm doing. And that either means, yes, we need to agree that 
let's just put this down for a little bit because we're both hot. Because maybe you're not. Maybe you really still maybe, feel like I you're still in the feel, right. I still feel I'm in the right or whatever. Yeah. But we at least one of, and I almost every single time one of us has gone, we need to put this down. Yeah. We, we can't, we're not, we're not getting anywhere right now with this. And that was, that was this. So what started this at the beginning yes. of the episode uh, that we talked about that we were trying to come up with what was this topic now that we have tens of listeners <laughs> tens of listeners uh, and we thank every one of you it's been awesome and fun so far and we're going to keep doing it um, as long as we don't have a big fight every week about it but uh, we're not you just do what I say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> easy stuff <laughs> and now we know how to fight fair Ding. there you go so uh, but it's it, we we had this sort of uh, disagreement t- tiff, and it was late at night. Yeah, and we we're like, you know what? We're we're just gonna yeah. put this down. We're yeah. Just gonna put Let's this just, down. We're just gonna be hurtful, and and yeah, we were tired. Yes, anyway, it which been, never helps in a it had conversation been a long or an argument. But there had been a lot going on. Yes. so we we put it down, and the next morning, I had been thinking about it. And we had both been thinking about it, obviously. But the next morning, as I was thinking about it, I had one of those, you know, you sometimes your uh, sort of sarcastic brain is smarter than you give it credit for. Hmm. And, and, and literally, it was one of these, like, <laughs> well, you know, if we were going to have a topic, you know what we should have a topic about is about fighting. And I went, oh, oh, Ooh, oh. That's not bad. Okay, okay. Good job, sarcastic <laughs> me. Self high five. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that was the, hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, oh, oh. Well, at first, in all honesty, I thought it was that's a little embarrassing. I don't want to share that with everybody. But then I thought, you know, so many of my friends, they're couples. They, they do argue. It's going to happen. But could it be done better in a safer, more productive way? I think you and I fight well. Yeah. Now, who we were when we first got married, we were different fighters than we are today. Right. We're in this for the long haul. And I know and I know you. I love you. And I want the end result to be for your good. Yeah. Yeah. And for our good. Yeah. So our motivation has grown in that. And now we have children in the mix of that. But through Imago therapy, we learned how to be us. In these disagreements, and I have, we have friends and family who I, I want them to have good, good fights. <laughs> I, want, I want you to fight well. You guys go out there and just get give, arguments. Give it your all. <laughs> no. Email us and let us know about all the great fights. All the fighting you're having this week. Oh, well. We're so proud of you. <laughs> but we're changing the world one, one fight, fight at, at a time. time. Yeah. <laughs> So with with Imago therapy, it really did help us to fight. And maybe we're using the word fight wrong. It helped us to be present in the conversation and how to know how to converse properly, probably. Right. And even with our argument beforehand, before doing this podcast, we left it both going, no, we should talk about this because nobody talks about this. Yeah. And we find it cathartic. We find it helpful to, one, to tell us, you know, we, we're doing okay. Look at this thing that we've, we've kept this idea and we've grown in this understanding of one another over these 15 years. And I hope we have 60, 70, 80, 90 more years of growth and evolution in our arguments and in our conversations. We're going to be married a long time. And you're so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but... We came as two individuals who are now coming yeah. together as one. We want to be doing this well, and I exactly. want others. And this this idea doesn't have to be with just an, a couple. This is with your friendships. You know, last week we talked about relationships and friendships. Yes. You still need to be present in those relationships, one in conversation, but also in arguments, because Lord knows all of us have people that we disagree with within our jobs or within our churches or within our neighborhoods hello hoa um or well, whatever no and i i yes 100 percent to that what what it makes me think of though are the are the real friendships the people that we want yeah. to choose to be with there if if we aren't willing and i know that like chief among sinners i'm talking about myself here 
if I'm not willing to really risk it and push back and go like, you know, I don't really, I I don't feel like you're seeing me or hearing me. Like if we aren't really willing to risk and push on some of those moments, then we're going to get the situation that we find ourselves in where you may have some people who by process of proximity, Mm -hmm you would call them friends. So they're the the kind of people who you work with or who go to the same gym with you or that yeah. kind of stuff. More like peers than friends, but or the, Facebook friends is what they're titled, you know. Sure. The but the second that your world shifts and changes, the connection is not strong enough to to withstand that. Yeah. And how do we how do we foster and develop and grow these? kind of relationships that can weather the changes in our life because you want you want the person who if you can't go to the gym anymore because something bad's happened you don't want that person to be like well I guess uh I guess Sarah just fell off the face of the earth oh well like you want you want the kind of relationships and the stickiness yeah of I don't want to let this person go I want to pursue them and that only comes when they really know you and you really know them and it's going to take difficult conversations you can't only talk about the weather and how the ravens are doing or whatever well, to make that happen I don't think that they, I don't think that they'll be embarrassed by this but we went to lunch on a double date yesterday with friends I would say they're fairly new friends we've sort of been in each other's world for a few months yep. and we are loving getting to know this couple and becoming friends with them. And they are loving us. I'm sure. They're, maybe they'll listen to this and they'll say, you know what? Those Devanes, they really are becoming really good friends. But in that conversation, I, you know, I love honest, real conversations. And not joking, but jokingly, one of them told me that I had how how I that I acted a little differently in a meeting and it was surprising but I I was so thankful I had no idea that that's how I was perceived and it was a funny thing I didn't laugh at a joke and it was funny but I that for me was so good to be seen but also to have real conversation it wasn't just about so where'd you two met and you know blah 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 not which you still have to have those when you're building a relationship but we had i felt like that was being seen and hearing from him how he felt in that situation i want more honest conversations like that and that comes from some of this comes from imago therapy and learning how to be present in it and hold the other person's honest truth so we had this random lunch that was fun but I could also hear a truth there was in that. that moment. Yeah, and I want more of those yeah. with with individuals, whether it's fighting or conversing. So there's one more one more thing we got from Maria that yes. you you want you wanted to make sure we share. Yes. So Maria talked about this idea of neural pathways, these ideas of how your brain maps and makes meaning, and so you make connections to different things, and so many of these, in fact, I guess almost all of them, if not all of them, are learned things. Right. That, that your environment, your relationships, where you find yourself, this is what you make connection. And how, how you identify and connect with things, people, all and the things. the world. Yeah. And so she held up a pencil and she said, this is a pencil. You, you know it to be a pencil. I know it to be a pencil. We all agree this is a pencil. Our brain has a neuropath weighed this <laughs> yes verbin do it. yes got it and so this is a pencil and she said now imagine that a kid uh was you know very young and from the as early as they could when a pencil was held up the parents said this is a banana 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 the family always re- referred to it as a banana could you pass me a banana so i can write a blah 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 yeah i need a banana so i can write a list of blah 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 that was how they Converse with it. First day of school, the teacher says, you need to pull out your pencil. Now, the kid is going to struggle because they have no idea what it is. And the teacher holds up the pencil and says, this. And the kid obviously goes, oh, it's a banana. That is, uh, that sort of mapping, that sort of connecting. Maria talked about it like your first language, like your yeah. native tongue. This yes. is when what you think of when you see 
you know, when you see water, do you think water? Do you think agua? Do you think I mean, lots of us know that we have... French, whatever. You know, some people have, uh, well, on church level, some people have a bad association with church because of something they did as a child or something that was done to their family as a child. Or I don't like... You didn't eat gnocchi for the longest time because you got sick once eating gnocchi, airplane gnocchi. Yeah, surprising. So my decision in college um, <laughs> on an international flight was to eat airline gnocchi uh, on a trip that I was on. And everyone's dying to try some too, I'm well, sure. Well, it turns out my tummy did not like airline gnocchi. What? And so I, I, know, I know. And from that point, what my brain said was, all gnocchi is bad. Is yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. And turns out that's not true. You had a neuropathway that said gnocchi was bad. Right. But I made a new connection. And so Maria talked about that if for that kid that always thought this was a banana. The pencil was a banana. The, yeah, this pencil was a banana. Then uh, it's not that that kid's stuck forever. And it's not that he's wrong right but if you are going to be in a new environment where this is called a pencil you need to make a new your brain needs to map a new line on top of or slightly over yes its original understanding not erasing because when you've met when you've mapped your brain it can't be erased right but you're adding new information to that and all of that is so critical and that for me is why that the the framework of language is so helpful in that you can understand as that kid this is a banana oh but it's also a pencil when i'm at home i call it a banana when i'm at school i call it a pencil so if you grew up thinking um that being a parent means that you yell all the time that is going to be with you and you're going to have to be aware of that but when you become a parent you get to choose to make a new neural pathway if you choose to do that so that being a parent means doing something different means you know when we fight we don't have to yell so that will go ahead well for us when she had talked to us in in our therapy one of the things she had observed of you and i was that we sort of had like two sandboxes Yes. And this analogy was that we love each other and we love connecting, but we were in separate sandboxes right next to each other. And we just wanted the other person to come over into our sandbox. Yeah. And our frustration levels and our angst with one another or our fights a lot of times are because we are isolating ourselves within our sandbox and frustrated that the other person isn't climbing over into our sandbox. And it was sort of a, that was groundbreaking for both of us in acknowledging some of our neuropathways. We're creating that situation. We've created that situation. So for us, in our fights and in our conversing, we have to, both of us fall back on the insecurity side. Our neuropathways either say that we have to perform to be loved or we Whoop. have to, or we're unworthy of love and there's nothing we can do that's going to earn that. So we're always, my neural pathways is negative on self. But because I've, I'm now learning through my relationship with you how to rewrite those neural pathways. When it comes to fighting, like you mentioned, if you grew up in a house where they were loud yellers and they yelled, but it wasn't a big thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's how, even if it's not a big on fire fight if they have to raise their voice and they learn that as a child that that's normal as an adult they're going to repeat it because that's the common neural pathway and if for you to enter into a relationship with that person you need to know their neural pathways of how they got there but then also how to converse yeah. moving forward so these pieces of our imago therapy were huge in yeah. how we have carried on and how we navigate disagreements but just relationships in general and we thought since we had an argument we're not going to unpack the specifics of our argument here but i forgive (laughs) of course it's always my fault you never listen anyway i'm incapable of listening because i'm feeling defensive so you were listening good job no curses (laughs) so we thought this would be something interesting to talk about just because we all we all have people in our world who we are spending life with that we agree with, disagree with, and are navigating life. And 
if some of you who are listening are our friends, there are going to be times that we disagree with you. And we want to be able to hopefully navigate that in a healthy way so that we actually grow in our relationship together, not grow together and not apart. Yes. We've lasted 15 years. We'd like to do many, many more. That's right. So. Okay. We, again, need to say we are not experts on those these things, but not we are talking all. out how we're doing life and what has been meaningful for us. If at any time you guys want to talk to us, some of you who are listening probably already have our cell phone numbers and can connect with us that way, but you can always email us. We have an email and it is devaneworld at gmail.com. Now there will be show notes this time. Woohoo. And uh, we'll put that email in the show notes, devaneworld at gmail.com. And we are doing several different things that we've talked about some in the past, uh, and they're all going to sort of be under the umbrella of that. But if you reach out to us there, that is an easy email address, and we will definitely see that and be able to connect with you. DevaneWorld at gmail.com. Now. Are we ready to transition to our bee's knees? Yes, I believe uh, I may only have one bee knee. No, no, no. Um, We're going to pause here. I'm already going to interrupt him because we had a listener... Hi, Aunt Marcia. Whoop, whoop. Who actually corrected, sort of corrected, mm. that mm. the background on bees' knees apparently came into use during the 1920s when the flappers compared almost anything they considered excellent to a part of an animal. It seems that American cartoonist Tad Dorgan is responsible for this particular expression and also for the cat's pajamas and possibly for hot dog. So it would be plural bees knees see i don't know that i i accept all of that information i don't see how you make the jump that it has to be plural the saying is bees knees Hmm. no it no it is no it's bees knees for you to change the saying doesn't make it i'm not changing it i'm just picking one of the bees knees and if you're going to have a singular (laughs) knee on a bee it's going to be a bee knee feel like it, we're in a Seuss uh, book now. Like, anyway. Okay, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> That's correct. Another win for me. Anyway. So uh, what's your bee's knees for this week? Love? So for this week, my bee knee is um, the... <laughs> you're done. I don't know what you're talking about. My, mine is the YouTube channel Jolly. J-O-L-L-Y. It is two friends. Best friends. Best friends, Josh and Ollie. And they are British, and they it is just a fun YouTube channel. They are doing um, all sorts of, uh, like, food-based kind of YouTube. I mean, yeah, they did a, they yeah, do most some, of them, at least the ones we've watched. The one you have to, oh my gosh. have to watch yes. is they got so big that they were able to get sponsors for their YouTube channel that use that sponsorship to come to America and tried a bunch of American food. I will link to this YouTube in the show notes as well. The number one funniest, what best, got us most hooked. amazing. They tried Chick Fil A. Oh my gosh! You guys have got to watch it. We yes. died laughing because you know it, it is incredible. You can't be an American and not it's, at least from the south where we're from that you have to. It's incredible. So it, it's hilarious. The Jolly YouTube <clears throat> channel I'll have in the show notes. The the one you have to start with. Or of course you can always just Google it. But it is uh, like Brits try Chick Fil A for the first time or something. And from the YouTube channel Jolly, we've watched it several times over and over again, and the kids die yes. laughing. Yes, it's hilarious. It is so good. All right, what is yours? That's a good bee's knees. What is yours this week? Mine is not as cool as yours. Um, mine is thanks to, shout out to Cassidy, who does uh, wonderful things to our hair. Um, and I, I mean, she cuts our hair. <laughs> Sorry, Cassidy. She is our hair stylist. I don't know what the proper terminology is. Yeah, I don't want to insult good. it. She's hair amazing. Artist. Hair artist. Sure, that's what she is. And she's amazing at it. Well, I, those of you who know me, I am not a big hair person in the sense that I don't do my hair. I've never been. I usually would take a shower, wash my hair, and go to sleep and wake up the next morning, and it is what it is. But she had recently cut my hair and had said I should get a round brush to do the blow drying. And I I tried that, bought the round brush. I need like another two arms and hands to be able to do that properly. And she had said, or you could purchase a round hair brush 
dryer. So it's a hair dryer with a round brush on the end. I know this sounds stupid, and if any of the guys are listening, they're going to be like, why is this her bee's knees? Because... And I will tell you, because it's your second and third, I'm sorry, your third and your fourth arm not needing it. I can actually blow dry my hair and give it some volume and fun with this hair dryer brush on the end. <clears throat> but the best part about it was I found one that was not very expensive on Amazon. And their tagline, we have talked about all week. Their tagline is so, by a company so, yeah. by a company called Lando, Landot, L-A-N-D-O-T. Where most of these round brush hair dryers are like 70 to 90 to $160. Like they're a lot. This one was $39 on Amazon. But their tagline is make you more charming. And then I pause because I go, wait a minute, this is a hair dryer, but it makes me more charming. And I think charming is a male adjective. That young man is so charming. See, but, that, like that. yeah, but I don't think you say charming for a female. Anyway, we thought it was hilarious. But this is my bee's knees is my... I find you incredibly charming all the time. Oh, goodness. So there's that. Yeah. And then I think we're going to have a joint one, a joint bee's knees this week. Do you want to share? You want me to? Uh, the well, I so we had the opportunity to go um, and watch. So we're we are in Annapolis, Maryland. The Naval Academy is here in uh, Annapolis, and the Naval Academy actually put on musical theater. I didn't even know they did that. We've been here many years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, so we got to go last night and watch. The Naval Academy with midshipmen in yeah. all of the roles. Not fully in the orchestra, but the whole all the roles of the, yeah. of the musical. Do a presentation of Into the Woods, which is a difficult... I mean, this is not yeah. an easy musical at all. The songs are hard. The music's challenging. Yeah. The it's, it's a lot to do. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And the kids are... We, we love theater. We love musicals. The kids love it too. And so... Uh, we had a really good time. We went with some of our friends, and it's just, it was so much fun to go and to be able to do that. So our bees knees as combined is family fun night. Like yeah. It was just a fun yeah. going to a play we really love to do. So that was our fun bees knees. We are so uh, thankful that you listened to episode three. We are grateful for all of you, grateful for the feedback that you have given us so far. Don't forget, if you have questions or comments or things um, or more ideas that you'd like yes, us... Yes, things we'd like us to talk about. Yeah, you can reach us at devaneworld at gmail.com. And we're so glad you guys have tuned in. Make sure you like or do you it's not like youtube you don't like and subscribe you, well you can subscribe on your well subscribe podcast. so you know when we're hitting our next podcast yeah. we hope in the future to be able to do fun ones and serious ones but we are loving this time one to converse together yes but also to share with you guys so we hope you have a wonderful week we'll see you next time bye bye